Uh, my name's David, and I'm married to Shelley, the children's pastor here, and I'm a college pastor. And, and we always come to this service. This is We do Christmas Eve, everybody comes over to our house, so we're busy doing that, so this has always been our service. So it's kind of fun to get to speak at it. Um, so thank you all for coming at it, for those who are out-of-town visitors. I see some some old-timers come back, family members have come back and stuff. So uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Um, and so I'm just going to share a few brief reflections of think about Christmas. Um, and it's, you know, all this tension, right? You find something new and novel to say. I don't know if they'll say much new or novel, but hopefully we'll be amazed at it still. Um, the thing that's really was has been striking me as I think about the Christmas story that I kind of want us to f- reflect on together this morning is the the sheer hiddenness of the whole matter, the sheer hiddenness of Christ, his birth, and of God. It's interesting that out of the four Gospels, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that only two of those Gospels even make any mention of the birth of Christ. Matthew and Luke, and Mark and John, don't really talk about the actual birth or the details of it. And I was, I was you know, we could probably speculate as to why that is. Um, but I think the thing that was, is surprising to me is when we think of Somebody important coming, usually uh, usually there's quite a bit of mention of it, and there's quite a lot of hoopla around the visit. So I was thinking uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, a year ago this last fall, when the, uh, the president of China came to visit Seattle. And I don't know how many of you were even, you know, we're in Bellingham, that's Seattle. But I was aware of that, and I grew up in Seattle. And mostly just thinking I'm glad I'm not living in Seattle because they had 17-mile traffic backups when President Xi came to visit. Uh, they, they sectioned off big sections of I-5. They spent a million dollars for police and firefighters and uh, security and transport personnel. The media was all over. It was a really big deal because the president of China was coming to visit Seattle. And so as I thought about that, I thought about how different that is from the Christmas story, where we have obviously a very important figure coming for a personal visit to planet Earth in, in the person of, of God, the Creator. And yet he, in his visit, he does it in great hiddenness, doesn't he? There's no motorcade. Granted, they didn't have cars there, so maybe a bit of a camelcade or something, I'm not quite sure. But there's no motorcade, you know. Uh, there were no fancy hotels, no dinners with dignitaries. Uh, his entrance into the world was silent. It was unspectacular, and for the most part, it was completely unnoticed, unmarked. And you think about it, you do read the, the two gospel accounts and this, the details we get of it. It's, it. The whole thing, again, is marked in hiddenness. The, the place he chooses, God chooses to show up, it's a very obscure place. Back then in that day, you would have probably picked Rome if you're going to really make a splash. You know, you're going to go to Rome because that's where the Caesars are. That's the place of power. God, on the other hand, picked Israel, this small sliver of a land tucked away in the Roman Empire, inhabited by weak people whose land was constantly being overrun by more powerful nations. So God picks Israel. Well, surely then he'd at least pick Jerusalem, right? Because Jerusalem's the center of political and religious power in Israel. No, he picks Bethlehem, which it sounds like Bellingham. Bethlehem, Bellingham, they're kind of the same. They're just kind of, you know, out there. Nothing too 
too exciting going on. And then he picks, uh, I don't know, a barn, a cave, whatever, you know, whatever tradition you want to go with to be born in. I figured it would be like born, being uh, birthed in a shed off a of Samish way, and one of the, back behind one of those motels. You know, all the places we don't want to go. Probably something like that, okay? So really obscure. And then his choice for parents, I mean, we know the story, right? Uh, not, not, you know, not a name like Clinton or Trump or, you know, any of these important people, whether, whatever you feel about them. He picks a teenager uh, as his mom, no money. He picks a blue-collar carpenter for his dad. We love those blue-collar carpenters because they actually fix things around our places. But probably not a lot of money, insignificant. Nobody's, really. The actual birth of Jesus, no real indicators that anything was significant was happening, kind of a common, you know, common thing. There are no crowds, there's no paparazzi. There was some unique stuff in the stars, but actually only a few people noticed that. And, and there was some angel activity that was going on, but just a handful of shepherds noticed that. And they had probably just had a little too much to drink is most likely what's going on there, Right? So really the whole thing is just tucked away in obscurity, hidden from the masses, witnessed by a teenage mom, a dad, some shepherds, and probably some animals, and the wise men, but they probably actually came later. And so what I want to say, I think we all know that. We know the story, right? We know that story. I, I want to suggest that the hiddenness of Jesus' birth is in fact indicative of who God is and is indicative of how he is in the world. It isn't just kind of interesting back then and there, but this gives us a window into how God operates and who he is right now. That the God who showed up in the form of a baby on Christmas is really, he's a behind-the-scenes God. He's a God who doesn't compete for your attention. He's a God who goes about his business in very small, hidden, and often unnoticed ways. And so I think because this is who God is and how he is in our world, I think it's easy to mistake his hiddenness for actually him being absent in our world. Now, usually in church, we don't talk about God being absent. That's kind of, we don't talk about that. But I think a lot of people would say he feels really absent at times. And it's interesting when we think about the circumstances around Jesus' birth. I think that was actually what people were feeling of Jesus' day, the Jewish people at that point. They were just coming on the end of 400 years of silence where there had been no prophet in Israel, no living word from God. 400 years. I mean, that's, well, that take us back to the 1600s. 400 years without a word, without a prophet speaking. 400 years of silence. In addition to this, we know that Rome was in charge at that point, so Israel was kind of under the boot of the Roman Empire. They were suffering under Rome's brutal power. And I'm sure a bunch of people were asking, where's God in all of this? Maybe he's not just hidden. Maybe he's absent. Maybe he's split the scene. Maybe he's off having you know, a cosmic cocktail somewhere tucked far away from us. Maybe, maybe he's not even real. I wonder if some of the people thought that of Jesus' day. 
And I ask this, maybe, have you ever felt that? I mean, we don't say those things at church, right? But maybe we've felt that. Maybe you've felt like God's hidden from you. Maybe you felt like he's hiding from you. Maybe you've thought, I've prayed, but my prayers are just answered with silence. Okay, maybe not 400 years of silence, but silence nonetheless. And maybe you've had trouble trying to see God in your circumstances. And maybe not right now, but maybe. Just because it's Christmas doesn't make our, you know, all of our life circumstances just disappear, right? I think at some point we all have or we all will feel this way. And I think that we're all tempted to, at times, equate the hiddenness of God with the absence of God. But I think what Christmas tells us is that would be a huge mistake. That just because God is hidden doesn't mean he's absent. That, in fact, he is present. Maybe he's not present in the big, spectacular ways that we would like him to be. We maybe have had a prayer, God, if you would just show yourself to me this way, I don't know, cause my Christmas tree to spontaneously combust, but then not disappear and not burn my house down. You know, kind of the burning bush thing, Moses. I, you know, maybe he doesn't show himself in ways we would like him to. Maybe he doesn't show up in the way we think he ought to or we'd like him to. But the truth is that nonetheless, God is present. Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, he says that one of the meanings of the name of Jesus is Emmanuel. So we read in Matthew 1, verse 23, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which, which means God with us. God with us. That God is with us. Just as certainly as he was with us 2,000 years ago at Christmas, that first Christmas, so the promise, at least the, the, the claim being made, is that God is with us now, showing up in our own personal lives, our own personal world. No matter how boring or how challenging, how confusing, how depressing, or how demanding our lives might feel. There's a quote. I have an author. I really enjoy this. I don't know if you're a reader, but read some Frederick Beekner if you get a chance. And there's a quote that really... Uh, just, I don't know, just speaks to me. So I'd, I think it's up there. Oh, let's read that. There is no event so commonplace that, but, but that God is present within it, always hiddenly, always leaving you room to recognize him or not recognize him. But all the more fascinatingly because of that, all the more compellingly and hauntingly and I, I love that quote. It's, it's an Emmanuel quote. It's a God is with us. But you might not see it. Because he doesn't compete for our attention. And he's not a showboater. And he usually works behind the scene. But there is room for us to recognize it. So Christmas reminds us that God is present. He's Emmanuel. But that he is present to us in hidden ways, ways that are easily overlooked. Isn't that the Christmas story? Lots of people missed him, right? Only a handful of people saw and witnessed his birth. But it's really the story of Jesus' whole life. That there, the irony of it is, while Israel is asking, where is God? 
God moved into the neighborhood. They played with God. They listened to him in their synagogue, their, their church meetings. They probably threw rocks at his window, maybe. He didn't necessarily have windows, because I don't think he had a place to live. But So the irony is that God moved in. He was right there present with him, but most people didn't see it. Most people didn't even recognize it. And I think that's the truth today, that a lot of people, in the midst of Christmas, people don't see Jesus. In the midst of their life, they don't think God's present. But in fact, he is present. And so the question I wanted to us to think about is, how do we not miss God? How do we become more aware of his presence? Because it is often hidden. And so just, just uh, a couple thoughts there. I think we start by looking for him not in the great, spectacular ways that we think God ought to operate and show himself. That we look for him in ways, not ways that we think this will prove to me God's real and with me. But instead, we look for him in very ordinary things. Like your messy house after Christmas. Your family. Things like that. And small, unspectacular things that are right in front of us. I have another quote for us to think about from Henry Nouwen, one of my favorite authors, and he says this. Think of Christmas, but also think of your own life as we read this. The Lord, who is the creator of the universe, comes to us in smallness, weakness, and hiddenness. When I have no eyes for the small signs of God's presence, the smile of a baby, the carefree play of children, the words of encouragement and gestures of love offered by friends, I remain spiritually blind. Because God comes in smallness. And so I think Christmas, I think all of our life, but Christmas especially, as we think about God coming in the form of a baby, is a good time for us to ask, am I seeing God in the small stuff of my life? Or am I continually blind to it? Am I recognizing God in his various disguises? It's one of the ways that Christians historically have talked about God is that God loves to dress up and disguise himself and move in your circles, but you may not necessarily recognize that it's God. Do I recognize him in his various disguises? Or have I walked right by him without noticing him? I often wonder if people retro reading, hearing the Christmas story, you know, from the vantage of eternity, you know, the innkeepers who turned him away. Oops, I didn't know it was God. I, if I knew it was God, I, you know, I would have, I would have, of course, made room for him. And of course, we'll, we would say that, right? Well, I would never have turned God away. But we have God in our neighbor, God in the people we pass by all the time. Have we, have we missed him? Perhaps. And then the question: Where might God? And, and I want you to think about this in your own situation today and in the coming weeks. Where might God be making his presence known to you? Where might he be showing up? Because I guarantee you, each one of us, he is showing up in our lives. Somehow making us try to be aware of him. It might be in the kindness of a friend or especially somebody who's especially patient or generous with you. It might be in the words of a 
uh, a friend or family member who's told you that you, they love you, they're with you, how much you mean to them. Maybe God's showing up in <clears throat> silver lining events where you say, basically my life isn't very good and it's dark and dreary, but you're seeing silver lining. Well, maybe the Lord's appearing to you in the silver lining. Maybe you watched a good movie or read a good book. Maybe you heard some music that made something well up in you and begin to even make you tear up. I think those are ways God comes to us, hiddenly in disguise. I think they're ways that God wakes us up to his presence with us, Emmanuel. You know, I've thought about it in our own life, and there's lots of ways I would look. I would think about how God's, you know, come into our world. Um, but one I think is relevant for me and my family is uh, uh, that He's shown up in the face of a little 20-month-old child. We're kind of pseudo foster parents of Alma Luna. I think she's she's out. Okay, um, that's okay. Um, and so mo- maybe a few of you know that we've um, kind of rather unexpectedly had this child kind of thrown into our laps. I told myself, don't cry. And the Lord said, I don't care. So I'll cry. And I really felt like the Lord said, hey, you know, I want you to care for this child. Just, I don't, I'm not going to tell you how long, just care for her. And I thought, oh, boy, I don't know. And then I thought, wow, you know, God loves to do that. He loves to give old people babies. It's crazy. <laughs> it's in the Bible, Right? And I thought, ooh, Christmas. Oh, yeah, Christmas. God showed up as a baby. Ah, crazy. He does that. I don't know. It's his favorite dress-up, I guess, as a baby. Right? So I'm sorry. I got all emotional. I said, oh, don't get emotional. Just preach it. But it's okay. He comes in weakness. And I thought, oh, God has shown up in our family this way. Oh, it's crazy. You know, I look at her and I go, oh, I've seen, I see a glimpse of of God when she smiles. I've seen and understood more deeply God who says, I'm a father to the fatherless. Sure. I've got to watch my wife and my kids embrace this little girl. And you could say, oh, well, you know, they're just cool people because they have cool parents and they're all great and they're taking care of her. And yeah, pat yourself on the back and well, do a little bit of that, I suppose. But, but you know, I, I felt like I've got to see what God's like when I watch my kids. I get to see him. Oh, sure, it's my kids, but it's, it's God in them. God is hidden in their smiles, hidden in their laughter, hidden in their generous hearts. And so, 
I, you know, I think about my situation and go, well, God has, has tucked himself into and visited ourself in this small, weak, unspectacular child. So, get it together, David. So, here's what I want as we conclude. For the rest of today and for this season, Christmas season especially, I'd, I'd want to challenge you to ask to pray this. I'd want you to say, Lord, show me. Help me to see you in the small, in the hidden, and the weak things. Because that's how you come. That's what Christmas teaches us. You come in those ways. And it's a prayer he loves to answer. So if you're not having a lot of success praying, pray that one. He'll, he'll show up. He'll answer it. I want to read that quote again from Beekner. There is no event so commonplace but that God is present within it, always hiddenly, always leaving you room to recognize him, or not recognize him. But all the more fascinatingly because of it, all the more compellingly and all the more hauntingly. So Christmas, God disguised himself as a baby. And I pray that he'll help us recognize him in the various disguises that he wears in your world and in my world. And that in that we'll realize that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Um, thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up 2,000 years ago, choosing a very uh, unassuming way to do it. But Lord, that, that, that's 2,000 years ago. We live now. I thank you that you show up now in our world as much as you did back then. Lord, help us to recognize when you've shown up. It's going to look different than we thought. It's going to be easy for us to miss it, to not recognize you. It's going to be tempting for us to think you're not present. But in fact, you're very present with us. And so, Lord, help us to recognize you. Help us to see you in the small things. And Lord, may that encourage our hearts, that you are in fact with us, that you've entered our world, you've entered our story, and you're making it new and right and good. Because to us is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Let me thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.